So, I started from last week sharing um, my Christmas series. I'm not going to break it because it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to continue with my Christmas series because I want to finish by 25th of December. This year, 25th December is a, is a Sunday. And we're going to have such amazing service on 25th December. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace to speak your mind. To speak your word undiluted. Let me not be intimidated by the faces of men. Give me the boldness to declare the full counsel of God in Jesus' name. Amen. So seven things Mary did right that most Christians are doing wrong. Last week I shared number one and it's based on, on Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one from one to, to 26 to 46. So last week I said number one Number one, Mary was at the right place. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, according to Luke 1, 26, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. So, if Mary had not been in Nazareth, a town in Galilee, she would have missed it. And last week, I established the three places you must be all the time. Number one, your place of adjustment, the church. This is where you can be rebuked, you can be corrected. If you cannot stand the discipline of your church, I don't know where you can stand any discipline. And I shared a testimony of how I grew up in Adabraka, where at the time I was growing up, there were drugs, prostitution, and robbery, everything. You know the story of Adabraka? I'm robbery, everything you could find. One of the finest dancers. Um, I used to saw her and something of Fori. Alessio Fori. Alessio Fori, handsome young man, very powerful dancer, died of drugs at a very young age. Just died. My friends were in the Atai. The, he used to be the chief of armed robbers in this country. Was my playmate. My sister was telling me a story of how Atai's sister wanted to beat some of our, the, my sister Eunice, and how my sister went to fight the Atai family. But I became an armed robber. I could have become an armed robber. I could have become a drug addict or a lot of forecaster. Like some of you sitting down in this church. <laughs> there are a lot of forecasters in church. Oh. I, I know you, I know that you stick lot May the Lord have mercy on your soul. You can't believe him for financial prosperity. And you have put your trust in Lotto. The Lord have mercy on your soul. Now, I could have become anything. I have become a drunkard. But I found the church as a place of adjustment. The, the church taught me morality. Taught me principles that have governed my life. Taught me sincerity. Taught me sacrifice. The church helped me um, to model my life after Jesus. And then I also share that you must also be in your place of abundance. God only blesses the works of your hands. So if you're not at home, you should be in office. And then you must be in your place of abode. These are the three safest places on earth. You are either in church, at home, or in your office. Any other place could be dangerous for you. Amen. Okay. And then number two, I said Mary 
was the right person. The Bible says, to a virgin pledged to be married. Verse 27 of Luke chapter 1. To a virgin pledged to be married. She being a virgin was very critical. Because God was looking for a virgin in Nazareth. So she could have been in Nazareth, but if she was not a virgin, she would have missed it. So she was the right person. Is that Calvin? Is that Carton? Carton, welcome. Welcome to your place of adjustment. <laughs> Congratulations. Your mom tells me you finished school, things are... Congratulations. One of my, my sons, I'm excited about him. Okay. Now, so I said yesterday, that last Sunday, that virgin is a symbol of purity, holiness. You have kept yourself well. So you have to be that kind of person for God to use. And I shared a few things with you. Today, I want to share that the third thing Mary did right, that most Christians are doing wrong. Mary was with the right person. So, number one, she was the right place. Number two, she was the right person. And number three, Mary was with the right person. Look at verse 37 of Luke chapter 1. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, God is very intentional when he's communicating. Now, to a man named Joseph. Now, hear this. A descendant of David. A descendant of David. Why, why was the Bible tracing the genealogy of Joseph? Because Jesus was supposed to come from the line of David. So, Mary could have been a virgin. She could have been at the right place. But if you are not, she had not gotten married to a man from the tribe of David, she would not have been chosen. So you see? So she was with the right person. Your association can determine a lot of things for you. It can even determine what God can do and what God will not do. It can determine what God will do or what God will not do. I can tell you that there are some friendships you are keeping today is the reason why you are getting blessed. And there are also some friendships you are keeping today is the reason why you are struggling. God told Abraham, go to the place that I will show you. Leave your father's house, your mother's house. Leave and go to a place that I will show you. God didn't ask Abraham to go with Lot. But Abraham, as a result of insecurity, wanted family company, went with Lot. As far as Lot was with Abraham, God did not show Abraham the land. Immediately Lot left, God said, lift up your eyes for where you are. I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, I'll give you this. There are people in your life that is becoming difficult for God to communicate to you. There's too much noise around you. Too many voices around you. And they are not godly voices. They are ungodly voices. So even if God speaks, you will not hear. You will not understand. Can I tell you something? At some point in your life, if you feel that you don't find fulfillment, you don't find progress, you don't find development in your life, the immediate thing you should look at are the people around you. Are the people around you. Let me show you something. Pastor, Apostle, come. I'll just stand here. 
I get the rest of apostles around him? See, now, let's form a circle around him. I'll show you something. Two years ago in December, I was on oxygen suffering from COVID. I nearly died if my wife had not asked that we go to hospital immediately. I was being a man. I couldn't breathe. I said, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. When we got to hospital, in less than seconds, when I entered the, hospital, the doctor's listing, my breath ceased. Fortunately, there was an oxygen available. They put on me, took me up to the hospital. I was detained on oxygen for three days. Then I saw the value of oxygen. You know why all of us can hear, why, why all of us are alive here? We are all alive because there's oxygen in this room. We put on the air conditioners and we block all this place and no air comes in. After some few minutes, we'll start dying one by one, one by one, one by one. Recently, some people were jailed in the UK because they put a number of people in containers and transported them to the UK from China. And because there was no oxygen, they all died. And when they died, about 30 something people, they all died. And when they died, they decided to abandon the container and all of them in it. But they know that in life, people can put you in a container. Now, all these people can become a container to Apostle Sedem. He needs oxygen to breathe. Can you close your guy? He needs oxygen to breathe. He needs oxygen to breathe. And the oxygen to breathe. And you see, these people can suffocate him. They can be the people suffocating him. Abudokosha is telling him something. Tell him that we are killing you right now. <laughs> now, the life of the believer, so your spiritual life, is by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your oxygen. It keeps you alive. And allows, allows God to fulfill your prophetic destiny for you. There are people around you, when they come around you like that, the Holy Ghost is unable to have, you need the Holy Ghost around you as your oxygen to be alive in the spirit. But you are surrounded by fornicators, gossipers, adulterers, and all the people you can imagine. Everybody you can imagine. So they are suffocating the Holy Spirit around you. And your spiritual life is gradually dying. You don't have a prayer partner, but you have a gossip partner. You, you don't, you don't, I mean, the people who have surrounded you are gradually killing your spiritual life. They are gradually eliminating God from your life. I have a very good friend. He's a Muslim. Very, very good friend. He's a Muslim. And we talk all the time. And he has a lot of respect for me. And one day, I attempted to share the gospel with him. The anger with which he stopped me, because I said, Jesus is Lord. He got up and said, I believe that Jesus is a prophet, but he's not God. The aggression with which he defended his faith, I respected him. 
You are a Christian. People around you are making mockery of your pastor, making mockery of your church, making mockery when you are praying, making mockery when you are giving tithe, making mockery. Everything spiritual around you, they are making mockery of it. And you are still with them. They are weakening your faith. They are, they are blocking the Holy Spirit, your spiritual oxygen. And you are dying gradually. They are blocking it and you are dying gradually. And you are dying gradually. Are you here with me? I want you to redefine your relationships. I'm going to share with you four prophetic destiny helpers that you need. Four people who can come into your life and make things change for you. I'm going to share. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. They're all great men. Thank you so much, guys. Now, go back. To, I want to read a scripture. Go back to the previous slide. And then on that basis, I will now share with you destiny helpers. Now, look at Jeremiah 29, verse 11. From the New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. So, I was walking through this city. Beautiful city. I'm yet to find a city as beautiful as that city. I traveled with mommy. And then I went to the city center and I saw the plan for the city. So I went to stand there. Detailed plan. Road is here. This is here. Tunnel is here. Train is here. This is here. This is there. This is there. And then I compared the city to my Accra. I have lived in Accra all my life. I'm here to go to any center to see the plan. Even here, Bachona. I have been here for 20-something years. I'm here to see Bachona plan. But you see, the reason why the city was beautiful was because the city was built based on a plan. Your life can be very so beautiful if you discover God's plan for your life. He says, I know the plans. I, it's not like he's guessing something. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know it. God knows it. God knows the plans he has for you. God knows it. So that when I was mommy, we talk a lot about our children. And we have plans for every one of them. And some of the plans we have discussed, some they are in the future. Some we feel that they can't even take it now. Some we think that even if we disclose it now, they will rebel against it, but they can't take it. So there's a progressive revelation of that plan. But guess what? Sometimes, some of the plans we are not intended to discuss. We will just be in our bedroom and one of them will just come in there and engage us in the conversation. And as a result of that conversation, we begin to tell the person the plans. That's how God acts. As you build closer relationship with God, he reveals his plans for your life. Nobody here is an afterthought. Nobody here is an accident. When we had Nana, our third born, mommy and I decided we are not going to have babies again because mommy really suffered with Nana's birth and pregnancy. 
We said we're not going to have any baby again. And then suddenly, Titebia decided to come. When mommy got pregnant with Titebia, mommy wept. She said, how am I going to stand before the church? Because Nana was still a baby. But today we look at that girl. And we conclude that this girl has such leadership qualities. Has such powerful intelligence. And we look at her and say, we did not plan for her. But God knew the plan she has for her. There is no useless person sitting down here. Can I tell you something? The person who gave birth to you must not determine who you become. Jesus was fathered by a carpenter. Yet he's the greatest person that ever lived. Because he discovered God's plan for his life. Your father may be a drunkard. Your father may have taken care of you. Your father may have abandoned you. Your, your mother may be a, a, some in, in inverted commerce, some useless woman somewhere. And you feel insecure. You feel very insecure. The reason why you are giving yourself as a young lady to a guy who cannot take care of you and you have sacrificed your education, you have sacrificed everything to follow this guy is because you feel insecure. You feel very insecure. And do you know why you feel insecure? It's when you don't know the plans of God for your life. Whoever gave birth to you was only a channel through which God brought you into this world. It will not determine who you become. The circumstances of your birth cannot circumvent your future. Jesus was born in a manger. When they had to give birth to him, there was no hospital. The, the, every place was full. They had to take him to a place where the sheep eat. He was born. The first son he had was the bleating of a goat or a sheep. Yet, greatest man that ever walked on the surface of the earth. Your father may have told you, your father rejected you when I got pregnant with you. The way I suffered before. But when, when your mother was giving birth to you, he died. When you were two years old, your father had an accident and died. And that has become your story. But the circumstances of your birth must not be able to circumvent your future. God, God has plans for you. It's also important for you to understand, my friends, that the place of your birth is only a geographical location. Because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Yet, he rules the world. Kwame Nkrumah was born in Nkrofo. There was no electricity, there was no water, nothing. Yet he was voted the millennial man of Africa. Barack Obama's father was born somewhere in a village in Kenya. His grandfather was heading cattle. His father actually did that job before he managed to get to America. But one time, he became the most powerful man in the world. The place of your birth is only a geographical location. Some of you think that the only way you can succeed is when you get a chance to travel outside this country. It's when you get a chance to travel outside this country. If you know the plans of God for your life, you will succeed no matter where they put you. You will succeed no matter where they put you. And that is why I believe that the next great leader is sitting here. 
the next billionaire is sitting here. The next top CEO is sitting here. The future president of Ghana is sitting here. I can sense it and I know it. Don't judge yourself by plans that man has for you. Judge yourself by the plans of God. Amen. Your gender is just for divine purpose. Don't say, because I'm a woman, look at me. I can't do this, I can't do that. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. When I was growing up, they used to say my mouth was big. It's still big, but nobody can say it now. Because I'm titty or fair. And I like it because mommy likes this mouth. Hey, I'm telling you, she, she kisses it every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. But why are you pretending you don't know? Then one day I went to speak somewhere. Then I just started speaking. And I didn't know money much. I went to speak somewhere for 32 minutes. And they gave me $4,000. It was big money. About 15, 20 years ago. Big money. $4,000. Me. Dofi. $4,000. I told mommy that. Hey, if I knew. I was going to say big things for big money. I would have widened my mouth more. <laughs> Me, myself, I would have added some paid space. When David Beckham was born, and his legs were not straight, had a bit of this, according to history, he really didn't like his legs. He was always somewhere, somehow, in, in trousers to cover his legs. Apparently, God has shaped his leg in a way so that he could take freakies. The greatness of David Beckham was to have many freakies he could score. Yesterday, when you, you England and France, their match, I missed David Beckham. They had this free kick, some few, this thing. Rashford played, played, played it over the this thing. David Beckham would have scored. The penalty they made would have scored. His legs were shaped for free kicks and penalties. So the best singers in the world are big people. You see the way Pastor Kevin sings. The way he sings, if he becomes professional, me myself, I'll add a weight to him. Are you here with me? There is nothing about you that is an accident. Your height was planned. Your size was planned. Your, your color was planned. The shape of your head was planned. Everything about you has a plan. Has a plan. Has a plan. Look at Jack, this Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba. That what? Jack Ma. Look at that man. The ugliest rich man I've seen. But look at his influence. Now, ugly in the sense of man's standard. But you know what God wanted to tell everybody? God wanted to tell you, it does not matter how you look outside. You can become anything if we discover my plans for you. Don't let any man judge you. Don't let any man look down upon you. Don't let anybody let you feel that you are less of a human being. 
you've been you are a purpose-built individual designed by God for a purpose. Listen, life is greater. Your purpose in life is greater than living. It's about impact. Like your watch. Your watch is greater than a fashion. Your watch tells you time. It tells you what to do at every particular time. Thank God that you are alive. Thank God that blood is running through you. But there's something greater than just having blood running through you. You were created for impact. You were created to change lives. You were created to impact people. I got born again at 14. By 13, I could neither read nor write. I had to be beaten to go to school. Then I got born again. I discovered God's purpose for my life. Today, look at me. I'm standing here speaking to you. Today, look at me. I've been among the 100 most influential people in this country. Look at me. Last week, I got um, a letter. In February, I'll be in the UK. The former first minister of Ireland is waiting to meet me. Are you here? But I was born by Akosia Mansa. Of Sunyani number one. Number one, you feel that you feel number two. Area four, well, look. Akosia Mansa of Sunyani, area four. My grandmother was called Equia Brune. I can't imagine. This name, they don't appear in anywhere. But look at me. My father was a Methodist priest who made some mistakes. When I was born, very difficult. I was born in Takwa. Somewhere in Takwa. It took me two years to walk. I had all the six killer disease. Even polio. That's why it took me two years to walk. I had dysentery. I had all the six killer diseases. I had them. I still survived. I'm here preaching to you. Sharing the gospel with you. Talking to you. There is a plan of God for your life. Discover it. Draw closer to him. Make sure there is enough oxygen around you. Make sure the people around you are prayerful. They are prophetic. They understand. Make sure there is a prophetic something on your life. Make sure you are working with prophetic people. Not all these gossips. Not all these carnal Christians. Not all these women who know you are married, they are still chasing you. And you think that you are, you are what? You are a hot cake. You are a piece of bread. I'm telling you, you are a piece of bread. You don't know the value on your life. You don't know why you were made. You don't know why you were chosen. You don't know why God created you. That is why you will sacrifice your destiny for five minutes sex. That's why you will do that. That's why you will destroy your whole life. Don't behave like Samson. Samson didn't value the anointing of God upon his life. He died on the lap of a witch. Rise up from your sleep and slumber. Your strength is not for sex and immorality. Your strength is for destiny changing. Joseph knew. Joseph knew the plan of God for his life. So he kept his head high. There are a lot of Josephs here. 
I believe, and I believe I'm speaking prophetically. There, there are hundreds of people sitting down here right now looking at me that I believe God is about to do something. In conclusion, let me show you these four dest- prophetic destiny helpers. In conclusion. In conclusion. I want to show you. And it is actually based on on first Samuel chapter 9 and then first Samuel chapter 10 verse 1. I will not have the time to read but hear this. Hear this. Let's go. Number one. Destiny initiators. I beg you, don't write everything. You will miss what I'm going to say. Take a picture of it or go back and get it on Facebook. Now, destiny initiators. So Saul's father's donkey got missing. Now, who would have thought, chief? Who would have thought that Saul's father's donkey getting missing has something to do with Saul's prophetic destiny? So his father's donkey got missing, Elder. And his father says, Saul, come, come. You are the most useless amongst my children. Go look for the donkeys. In going to look for the donkeys, he met someone who anointed him as king. It's called destiny initiation. There are circumstances that may come into your life. You may not like it. I shared the testimony of a young lady who got a boyfriend. Nice guy. Good job. This guy used to pick her every evening when she closes from work. So, she kept the relationship private. And no, girls, girls, when they find love, they talk. Just like guys, guys. When mommy agreed to marry me, I walked several kilometers to go and look for my friends to tell them I have gotten Olivia. <laughs> so this girl got a boy, some nice boy with good prospect. The one day she calls the guy and says, I've told my friends about us. So when you come, please, back well, so they want to come and say hi to you. The usual 5 p.m. came. The guy did not come. The guy did not show up. So all the girls with this lady were at the car park. We were waiting for Prince Charming. They were excited for this lady. Prince Charming was going to come. He was not coming. The girl kept calling. Prince Charming was not picking. So she sent Prince Charming a message. She said, oh, me and the girls are here. We are waiting for you. What is going on? Prince Charming now responds and says, forget about us. We do not exist. The girl read the listing, screamed, and fell down. When she got up, she had paralyzed on one side. So they rushed her to hospital. She stayed in the hospital for six months. By the time she recovered, the doctor who took care of her had fallen in love with her. And they got married. You see, that situation that got her paralyzed was a destiny initiation. All things work together for our good. All things work together for our good. Genesis 15 verse 20. You guys intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. All things will work together for our good. What about the story of this lady who joined the church, her church, for a 21 day fast? The last day of the fast was a Friday. 
The service extended almost to midnight. When she got to the Trotro station, it was with the, left with the last bus. The bus was to take 20 people, plus the May 21. And they couldn't take anybody again. She was the 20th person plus the mate, 21. So she was going to be the last person to enter. Then she saw one sister from the church coming. He said, sister, this is the last bus. Will come in front of me. Because if you miss it, you won't get the bus again. So the sister came in front of her. He pushed her to 22nd. When they entered into the car, she couldn't get a place to sit. He said, Lord, after 21 days fast, I pushed somebody ahead of me. What is this? What is this? She was very bitter. He had desperation. He had desperation. And walking by the roadside, a young man drove by and stopped. I said, young lady, what are you doing here at this stage? Get into the car. Without thinking, out of fear, she jumped into the car. The car was tinted dark. Well, when she got into the car, that she realized I made a mistake. So she brought her Bible out of her bag, opened it, started reading the book of Psalms, and started speaking in tongues. Then I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to us. Okay, I'll drop you. Whilst they were going, she was speaking in tongues, reading the Bible. Speaking in tongues, reading the Bible. Speaking in tongues, reading the Bible. They got to a place where she was going. She was living in a kiosk. He didn't want the man to see where she was living. So he told the man that, drop me here. The man said, so where do you work? She said she was a cleaner in the company. What time do you go to work? Around 5 a.m. every day, I come here to pick a car. The next morning, she got there. The gentleman was there in his car. He said, hey, Abraham Harden. Now, she felt stressed because she felt that these guys with the BMW 7 Series, dressing suit like that, was to come and mess me up, a cleaner. Every morning, the guy picked her. Every evening, the guy dropped her. The guy was a Ghanaian working with a foreign company, and he has come to supervise the project of their company in Ghana. And when she was, he was coming, he said, Lord, give me a God-fearing woman in Ghana to marry. Now, that lady lives outside this country with that man. All things will work together for your good. The boy left you. It's a destiny initiation. Talk to God about it. You lost your job. It's a destiny initiation. Talk to God about it. I've just realized that every time God wants to move me to my next level, he stays the next. He creates a very uncomfortable things around me. He makes my comfort zone an uncomfortable zone so that I can move again, so that I can move again. That sickness will not kill you. That, that situation will not be your downfall. It is just God initiating you into your company. I pray into your destiny. I pray that you will discover it. I pray that you will understand what God is telling you. I pray for you that you will understand what God is saying. The circumstances of your life may have a divine reason. So don't ignore them. I told you the story of how I wanted to go to Benin City to study under the late Archbishop Benzina Hosa. And how at last minute I couldn't raise the money. I got frustrated. I went to his Bible school here in Ghana, a local Bible school in 1990. It was that place that I met mommy. It was that place that I met mommy. If I had not gone to that Bible school, I would not have met this beautiful woman here. My nice girl. My Afrakuma. My Mbenkwan. Uh, okay, okay, now, now, listen to me. 
then there are what we call destiny financiers. Destiny financiers. When Saul and this guy went to look for the donkeys and they couldn't find the donkeys, then Saul said, let's go back home. The guy said, let's just go and see the seer. Saul said, I don't have money. The guy said, I have an offering in my pocket. I want to sponsor your destiny. I want to invest in you. I want to give something. I will go and give to the prophet. It is only in Ghana that church members want money from their pastors. Yeah! In the Old Testament, they gave to their pastors. Now, the Nigerians, they check their spot. When they came first, they are copying from Ghana, from Ghanaians. When they came first, they never came to me without an offering. Without the, I cannot come before you without an offering. Now, they are not coming with offerings. I'm complaining. I'm telling you, it's only in Ghana, only in Ghana, that people are so envious of their pastors. Only in Ghana. So I finished complaining, now let me preach. <laughs> okay? You need destiny for... This guy said, we are going to see a, the man of God. We cannot go empty-handed. Let us go with an offering. He said, I have an offering. I will give you. I, I, I want to finance your destiny. Saul became a king because a servant financed him. When I got scholarship to study outside, huh. my mother and I walked. One time, my mother said, we should go to Azuma Nelson's house. To go and see if you can get uh, money for tickets. When we got there, the gate men, the way they, the next one, my mother said, okay, we should go to Benjilo. There used to be this guy called Benjilo. We went to sit at Benjilo's house at 5 a.m. For, for him to, you know, we left so early to go and sit at the gate at Benjilo's place that we forgot and slept. The time we realized Benjilo was passing. We followed his car to Accra Central. Walking. Guess what? One day I got home. That be Oshita mother. Sophia was my friend. I got home. Somebody has come to leave a ticket. Auntie Sophia said, This is your ticket. That woman financed my prophetic destiny. Auntie Becky opened her house for us to start Pleasant Place Church. She financed my destiny. Today, her son is my accountant. Her daughter teaches at this thing. Her children are getting um, this thing. I promised her I will give her salary till she dies. May God eh, raise someone to finance your destiny. The money you are looking for is in somebody's pocket. But you need to have the understanding of what I'm teaching you for you to be able to assess it. I declare upon you, may your destiny financier appear before you in the name of Jesus. And then there are destiny facilitators. There are destiny facilitators. So, so the guy said to so, let's just go and see the seer and finance the seer. While they were on their way to see the seer, they met a man. The man, they asked the man, 
Where is the seer? The man said, hurry up. He's going. When he enters into the ceremony and sacrifice, you won't find him. You have to go without seeing him. Hurry up. Sometimes there are people who facilitate your advancement. They open doors for you to meet people. The chief cup bearer had to open a door for Joseph to meet Pharaoh. The, the, the door and the gate, you are shaking and knocking and crying and praying about. Somebody has the key. May the person that will connect you to your destiny helper appear in your life. May that person appear. I just prophesied upon you. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. You will meet people. You will meet people you have not, and they will connect you to other people. I'm telling you, they will. I remember when I was a young pastor, confused. God has called me. I didn't know what to do. Dr. Mills, one day came to me and said, The Lord said, I should mentor you. So I started living with him. Then I started Bible school. I didn't know what to do after Bible school. And then Dr. Mills says, Well, my student father has a church. Let's start going there. Six months later, I've got an appointment as a youth pastor. So they look at me. If I had not met Dr. Mills to facilitate my meeting, my spiritual father, I couldn't have been here. I couldn't have been here. Jesus needed John the Baptist to introduce him. John the Baptist was a star. Jesus was a carpenter's son. The people did not trust him until John the Baptist said, this is the man I've been talking about. This is the lamp of God. We take it away. The sins of the world. You need a facilitator. May God bring that person before you. I decree upon you, you will not struggle to meet your destiny facilitator. In the name of Jesus. Finally, Destiny anointers. With all these things, you need one person who is anointed by God to pour oil on you. These people are not your destiny helpers. They are your destiny carriers. You need a man of God who is anointed. The money may be there. The facility may be there. But our Battle is taught against flesh and blood. When doors are open, many adversaries emerge. When they announced the job of the, the job of the king was available, the time Saul got there, people had already presented their CVs. Saul went and hid himself in Bola. There was some refuse down there. He went and hid. When he saw the CVs of the people who were coming. But guess what? He had already been anointed by Samuel. He used the anointing to beat their CV. That is why, listen. If you are serious about your prophetic destiny, the church is your best place to be. Submit to divine authority. Find a department, serve in it. It's only a matter of time that God will show for his glory over your life. It took a destiny anointer for David to become a king. He could not have become a king. 
He was in the wilderness taking care of his father's sheep. He could not have become a king. But oil was poured upon his head. This week we have prayed a lot in this church. We have anointed a lot of you. May that oil bring you into the lamb light. In the name of Jesus. Any spiritual battle you are engaged in. As your destiny anointer. I declare may you win that battle. We chop off the horns of the wicked. And may your horns be exalted. You are blessed and highly favored. You are winning every battle. You are walking into your divine destiny. You are going to be celebrated very soon. Your prophetic destiny is available. The door to be celebrated has been opened. You are going to be great. You are going to be mighty. You will do great and mighty things. You will achieve your aim. You will achieve your dreams. You will realize your dreams. You will live your dream life. In the name of Jesus. You are blessed and highly favored. I declare that upon you. Is established for you. Write today in your diary. Keep the note today in your mind. That the servant of God preached a prayer. Preached a sermon. Some good things will happen to you. God will bring the right people before you. And around you. The same way Joseph. Carried destiny. Into Mary's life. May someone carry destiny. Into your life. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. In Jesus name. Amen.